Penn State Conversations is a podcast hosted by the Alumni Society Board's Young Alumni Council of the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications. This monthly podcast will discuss key aspects of life in the professional world for young and upcoming communications alumni. Please enjoy this month's Penn State Conversation. All right, welcome everybody to our next Penn State Conversation. Uh, my name is Jessica Quinlan. I'm going to be your host today, and I'm joined by a very special guest, Danielle Mimna. She's the Senior Director of Brand Engagement for Rooftop 2 Productions out of New York City. She's a proud graduate of the Penn State Belisario College of Communications with a degree in Public Relations. So welcome, Danielle. Thank you. I'm happy to be here today. We are both so excited to, to chat with everybody and share our thoughts on one of our favorite topics, um, entering the world of sports business and kind of breaking into the sports industry. Uh, Daniel and I have known each other for a number of years, I want to say, maybe somewhere around like seven years. Yeah, I was going to say at least seven. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Outside of being fellow Penn Staters, which we actually discovered, you know, many months after we already knew each other, um, we've been colleagues at the Madison Square Garden Company working in the sports side for both the Knicks, Rangers, Liberty, um, and I've been Danielle's client multiple yep. times over the years at four different jobs. Um, so yeah. we've definitely worked together in a variety of capacities and kind of all kinds of really fun projects. Um, so we're excited to kind of share our stories with you guys and a little bit about um, what we love about working in sports. So I'll just jump right in, um, kind of shoot out our first question. Danielle, would you mind just sharing a bit of your background, um, what you're doing at Rooftop 2 and kind of how it intersects and overlaps in the sports world? Sure. So I'm sure most people aren't very familiar with Rooftop 2, but to start there, it is a sports and event production company that was started by a few members from Madison Square Garden who decided to create something that they felt was lacking in the sports entertainment production industry. So my role is exactly what it sounds like. I help sports and brands engage with fans and consumers, um, whether they be current fans or just people that they're trying to reach. So I work with brands like the New York Jets, the NFL, New York City FC, which is the newest soccer, well not the newest, sorry, but one of the newest soccer teams to join the MLS, um, Bryant Park, to name a few. I help them on either game days or event days or even side events where they're just looking to engage their fans and their consumers um, by putting on amazing events and allowing the the fans to see what's going on with their brands. That's awesome. And I know um, just to continue to kind of paint the picture larger, yeah. it really can be anything that you work with your clients on from like we're talking thousands and thousands of people viewing parties to... Yep more intimate gatherings to, you know, concourse activation and brand activation, correct? Yeah, all over the place. No two days are the same for me. Um, and I also, I never know what I'm walking into. So yesterday I learned that we were doing another project with a very close brand for me. Um, so we're constantly getting new projects and they really run the gamut. So I'm learning every day um, just how to navigate through what brands and sports teams are tr looking for and trying to do. Awesome. Um, and I guess kind of 
a little bit of a, a rewind and just knowing that we have a lot of current students and recent grads listening to this podcast, travel back in time with me a bit and talk to me about your first job or internship in sports, kind of what it was and, and how, how you found it. Sure. So actually, my first internship was with the Penn State Sports Marketing and Promotions, which I don't know if that even exists anymore. But um, I know the marketing is there. I just don't know about the promotions part of it. Um, so I actually found it through my counselor slash coach because at Penn State, I was on the dance team. So when I was talking to her, just trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life, she's like, well, what are you passionate about? And obviously, like everybody out there, I was like, I love football. I love sports. I love being part of that environment. So she said you should get involved in the promotion side of it. So my role there was very elementary, basically executing the marketing agreement that Penn State made with their brands. So that could be handing out coupons at a soccer game to help come up with ideas for on-court or on-field contest and then executing them at game day, which is eventually what I ended up doing in my first major job for the New York Knicks. Awesome. So your job at the Knicks, what was it? Do you remember what your first title was? Well, yes. Yeah, so at the New York Knicks, I was technically first a dancer there as well. But then my first full-time role with them was the administrator for dance and entertainment teams. And it was this same thing, helping to create the dance teams and coming up with original entertainment ideas. Mind you, this was before... America's Got Talent, and we were getting all these amazing painters and artists and acrobats to come in and help fulfill the entertainment breaks that we had during the New York Knicks basketball games. That's awesome. And I think that's actually a great point to highlight and something I hear a lot from younger folks looking to get involved in the industry. I find that in talking to them, they don't really know the expanse potential of what what working in sports can mean and all the different ways that can be. And I think yeah. you're, you're a great example of that because that's a super interesting, very fun, um, somewhat unique job that I think a lot of people don't even think about. You know, sports is this yeah. huge picture and there's so many pieces that put that together. Um, so for those out there interested in sports, you know, really do some research on what kinds of roles are out there and things that may be a good fit for you, you know, whether it has, ties into your hobbies, interests, backgrounds, you really can kind of layer that in and that really elevates you when you go to pitch yourself for one of these full-time jobs. Yeah, and to be 100% candid, I had no idea this existed. Um, I thought maybe at Penn State this was just, I don't know, maybe something niche and, and special and I just happened to fall into it. So I was very lucky, but it's helpful to definitely like take the extra time, something that you love, and then look and see how you can expand it. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's a, the, the I think the in building off the internship, I think is a common thing I've, I've definitely seen in the is industry, you know, getting in on that ground floor, making good connections, kind of building your background and your knowledge, um, because you don't see a ton of people coming in for first-time jobs in sports that have never worked in sports before. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think the number one criticism I get when we're looking for interns is I, I want somebody with sports experience, and it's kind of like, well, where do I go to get that experience if you want your intern to have experience? Yeah. Um, but everybody kind of has to start somewhere. But for sure, you know, I think I'm on the same 
page as you. I started in maybe more of an entertainment space that I had interned at the BJC. And I really kind of got my feet wet on sports and entertainment, realized I loved it, realized just loved sports being at Penn State, um, and was constantly trying to get my foot officially in the door for for a sports or entertainment job. I think in my head they were kind of very similar, even though I learned later in life they have tons of differences. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's, you know, it, it, it's a long haul, but just the more experience you can have on your resume, the better, you know, better chance somebody's going to pick it up and really consider you as an option. Yes, absolutely. Maybe there's not a lot of full-time jobs. There's a ton of different things that you can volunteer for or find part-time work that helps to give you the experience that you and I are looking for in an intern. So that's it's out there. You just have to dig. For sure. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And you guys yourself hire a ton of part-time employees, whether it's events, on-site activations. Um, and there's a ton of other just event-based jobs out there, especially as a student, that you have kind of more liberties to taking on than folks that are full, full on into the real nine-to-five world, right? Yes. So we use a lot of what the, the term is called as brand ambassadors. So we'll use those to help, like you mentioned, activate concourse activations at a game. And then something else I do, and I've been involved in for a very long time, is interactive teams for brands. So I did the 7th Ave squad for the New York Knicks. We do the launch crew for the New York Jets. They are always looking for new people. Um, and even though it might be slightly tailored and you have to be super outgoing and energetic even if you're not that person still go for it because you're going to learn and you're going to find out more about the industry and and i offer it out there as another example Um, our intern this summer is a penn state college of comm student and he was a team manager for the football team um and i think when he he when his resume got forward to us other than interviewing i thought exceptionally well we kind of had this notion that he was willing to do anything and kind of really understood what it was like to roll up his sleeves. I believe the analogy he gave us was that he spent one whole practice, you know, running up and down the sidelines with just support of additional whistles and sunglasses. <laughs> and I was like, this is what we need. Yep. <laughs> um, and so a lot of times the jobs you may see posted for brand ambassadors or just kind of vent help may not look to um, sophisticated or sexy, but getting into sports and working in sports, I have to say 90% of the time is not sophisticated or sexy. No. So um, we're really just looking for those people that are kind of doers, go-getters, and just have some initiative and don't really have a a ton of like standards in terms of I'm not willing to do that. Um, 100%. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to, I have it listed to talk about it a little bit later with some of our conversation, but yes, it's not sexy and it's hard work, long hours, lots of weekends. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So we'll, yeah, we'll keep diving right in. I guess what, um, we touched a little bit on it, but on what drew you into sports, but why, why do you stay after all of these years and all the crazy? <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy. I think it's cause I just keep learning. Like I mentioned earlier, every day, I don't know what I'm walking into. I might have plans and I have a list of what I want to do, but, you know, NYCFC makes the playoffs. We have more work to do. We have to come up with new ideas and it's always evolving and forcing me to stay on the top of my game and 
it's still just an industry where people want to have fun and being in that environment or sorry, environment is something that I love to be a part of. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I, I've worked in a couple very brief non-sports jobs and it is, you know, I, it's a total difference. It's a total mm-hmm. game changer. And I think as a human, I just relate more um, to the industry and more specifically to the people that work in it. I don't, yep. I, I've, you know, each industry definitely has like this personality niche that we like check the box on. And not that I say that everybody I've ever worked in with sports is like my automatic, you know, best friend, you know, you always have challenges here and there, but I feel like people in sports just get me and I get them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, everybody has a certain personality trait to them that makes this fun as well. I love my coworkers and I mean that honestly. And I mean, just like we've been together forever and I think you see how much we all get along and same thing with you. There's a reason why we still work together how many years later. Right. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, what, I guess, we, you kind of va- vaguely touched on a couple, but what do you think are the greatest challenges of having a job in sports? Um, and you actually, ha- I would say, even I give you another notch, you have one more layer because you have clients in sports, which is even harder. <laughs> <laughs> Having worked on the client side, that's that's a whole other challenge in itself. But yeah, so talk to us about what are some of these challenges, not that we want to scare these guys away, but we want to paint an accurate picture. Sure. Um, I think the best or like the greatest challenge is probably, well, let's start with just sports in general. It's so cool and everybody wants to be a part of it, but it isn't, like we mentioned earlier, sexy or easy to do. So I think some of the grind that comes with it, the weekends, when I was with the Knicks, I worked eight Christmases straight. Um, that's hard, uh, but it's it's something we're doing because we love the game or whatever brand that we're with. I also think that... You know, budgets are a challenge, especially with my industry and being on the entertainment side, we don't necessarily bring in revenue. So it's a nice to have, but it's not necessary. I'm not selling tickets. I'm only executing what sponsorships are being sold, that type of thing. So you're often trying to do a lot with a smaller budget than most people would think. Yeah, I, I think it's the same way in events as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we always used to go through that where, you know, sometimes events were valued, sometimes they weren't. And so some days you felt like you were like cash rich and you could do all these amazing things. And then the next year somebody would come in and be like, you know, this is less of a priority for yep. us. Um, because you're right, it's a, it's a nice to have, not a need. Um, it's a huge brand extension and, and it's a great platform to be a part of. Um, and it's what, you know, I and we love doing. But yeah. Um, there definitely are benefits when you choose your do- job in sports to being on the revenue side of the business. Yep. Um, I, I'm, I'm on the marketing revenue side now, but I've definitely spanned like four different categories depending on where I work. Um, so for sure, I, I agree. Uh, only other challenges I would say over here mm-hmm. other than hours, and I think holidays are huge because some people come in thinking um, – that it is going to be a nine to five. I've yet to find the sports nine to five job. I'm not sure it's real. No, it's uh, not. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it is reflexive of like, it responds to your whole life. So, you know, when you're in season, that season um, for hockey for me at one point was, you know, 
late August through sometimes June, June. You, mm -hmm. you know, that's a huge chunk of your life to kind of take off the table and say, I can't make a lot of plans. Um, and you just kind of have to be ready and willing to do that. Um, and I think in sports, the competitive nature of the jobs is a challenge in itself. You know, it's challenging to get the jobs. It's challenging to keep the jobs because organizations recognize that they are very sought after. And so you do kind of always have this notion, and I don't know if you agree, that you're you are easily replaceable. Yes. Um, whether whether it's you know you guys as a vendor because there's a lot of vendors that compete for the business that you you win every year or whether mm -hmm. you as a person are part of a large sports organization you know they know that's an easy spot to fill because you know there is a fun element to this job that really draws people in yes and i think that's something people need to expect even if you get in the door you're not getting promoted tomorrow i was in one role for almost eight years and I was happy there, but you just have to know that that's not really an expectation that people have. Cause like you said, you're easily replaceable. People don't leave often. Um, and if they don't leave, you can't really move up. And then on the other side, like you mentioned with clients and being a vendor, that's what I love about it though, is that we're constantly forced to think, rethink, reimagine everything so that we're constantly delivering a new product to our our client and making them happy and making them want to stay with us. Yeah, you're competing right along. You're you're competing as well. It's, yep. it's like a sport to work in sports. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we do all have a bit of a competitive edge to us. Yes. <laughs> what um I, what advice would you offer to the students listening to this that are like this? But this is my dream. I I need to get in there. What do I do? Um, what can we offer to them? Whatever experience you can get, what like literally whatever. If it's volunteering, I know a bunch of larger events, like the PGA Tour uses a ton of volunteers. That's something to do. Any internship, like I mentioned, brand ambassador work so that you're able to work with certain brands and list on your resume. So maybe you were working for, I don't know, MetLife, but you were working at Jets and Giants games, that'll still draw my eye to you and know that you have experience within the stadiums and have a better understanding than somebody that just didn't take any role. So yeah, I would just take real roles or opportunities and that's how you're going to meet people. Because one of the things I'd like to note is I get a lot of resumes unsolicited, um, probably like two to 10 a week. And if I don't know you and I have all these people that I'm working with on a game day that I know have gone through the trenches with me, there's no reason based off of just a resume that I'm going to hire you. You need to be there with me so that I can get to know you, see your face, and that's who I'm going to look to when a position does eventually become available. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Just being in front of people, yeah. um, recognizing them and, and going on to hire them for, for their work because... Yeah, I think that's one thing students think. Like, I'm so qualified, I'm out there. Why wouldn't you pick me? You know, when you're in a pinch, which is 90% of the time, mm -hmm. <laughs> you're you're just going back to your memory bank of like, okay, who have I worked with? Who is good? Who might be free? I mean, you and I used to do that all the time, especially around the playoffs, mm -hmm. because we were filling, what, like 30 spots of people, and we're just digging into our Rolodex of like, that person was good, that person was decent, we'll take them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just know them, and there's just something about having that, mental connection of 
doing something else in them in the past that I'm more inclined to reach out to them. For sure. I think the, the thing I would layer in that I kind of noted was, um, one, I don't think sports has to be your first job. Ideally, you know, if, if you're that passionate, that's great. Maybe I'm a little jaded because I graduated at the, you know, the worst possible time in the recession and, and sports teams definitely weren't looking to hire people. Nobody was really looking. So I took a job that had like a little bit of an events overlap and just kind of started building my work experience and just kept trying to figure out a way, like a hook to get back in. Um, so definitely don't think like you should not be taking a job because you can't find this very specific sports job you're looking as you graduate. You know, go find something that's relevant to your field. If you're looking to be in, you know, sports journalism, go find another journalism gig. If you're looking to be in sports PR, you know, get that PR gig under your belt and then keep looking. Um, I just don't want people to think it's the end all be all because I have watched people go years waiting to accept full jobs because they've been waiting for their their kind of sports moment. Um, and I think getting these jobs because they are uh, limited, yeah. as anything is, is is tough. And you kind of are waiting for this perfect storm of, you know, your experience, um, your connections and good timing to kind of all come into play. Uh, we used to joke that when we were looking for jobs, you know, because we wanted something so specific. I was waiting for like four people to leave their full-time job so I could get hired. Um, you know, the more the more you put yourself into a hole, the harder it is to kind of to get accepted. So continue to either, you know, look outside the box, branch a little bit wider, um, look at some more like minor league teams, stuff that may be a little bit easier to get in on the ground floor and then build yourself up or pick a related field and then continue to figure out how to volunteer or work sports events and, and kind of build your resume in, in a bit of a bit of a kind of creative combo, if you will. Yes, a hundred percent. And I've seen the same thing happen where people have been part time or an intern for years, um, and that's also unfortunate. So exactly like you said, find different ways to be involved um, while still developing your resume. Awesome. So what, as you get these resumes in or when you're actually looking for people as opposed to kind of blindly getting resumes, what qualities, we kind of covered experience, but talk to me a little bit about qualities you're looking for in this person as you're chatting with them, reading their resume, maybe even bringing them in for an interview. Sure. Anything with sports, you have to have a certain level of confidence and the ability to speak succinctly and, and pretty quickly. Um, at least in my role, when we're in the middle of a game, you have to be able to communicate fast and let somebody know what's going on. So those two things. But also, I'm looking for somebody who is able to either communicate or demonstrate how they've been in a role where they they don't consider themselves like too good to do something. One thing we joke about at Rooftop is nobody is too good to bend down and like pick up garbage off the ground if it's in our footprint at a con at a like an activation or on a concourse. So the COO will come by, he'll he'll pick garbage up, throw it away. Just it's so silly, but that's the mindset we have to have, especially with sports. Nothing is beyond you and you're willing to get your hands dirty. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the stories, <laughs> the stories we could tell that could be a whole podcast of yep. the most ridiculous things you've ever done because my list is long. Um, 
But I, I was thinking too the same thing. You know, we were at the we got to the Super Bowl this year, and our head of events, our EVP of events for the whole company, just started busting out and building a step and repeat from scratch. And we're like, we can do that. And he was like, no, no, no. This is what I, this is what I'm doing right now. Or just look over, and he's like ripping up gaff tape from yep. the ground after an event. And he's he's ready to go. He's ready to 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 break it all down. But yeah, that is the kind of mentality. Um, you have to have because if you don't, you really do stand out very quickly. Mm-hmm. There, it's easy to pluck out the people that aren't willing to get dirty and aren't willing to just be a team player. Yes, and in this, these two industries, sports and events, no matter how much you prepare for for everything, something's going to go wrong, and you just have to be willing to do whatever you need to do to help the team get its goal and just kind of finish it off. And to piggyback off that, you made me think of it um, because when I interview, when I've interviewed in the past and people are like, what qualities represent you? I always use um, resiliency um, because I think in sports, that to me is the key. You know, you can't control everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to be able to react and you react and you have to be able to really bounce back. Um, I've, we've had, I've had many an intern back in the day that, you know, you find kind of crying in the closet and you have this, like, you really got to pick yourself up kind of moment. Like, you know, every, everything's limited. Everybody has a bad day, but you really just have to be able to bounce back immediately because we don't often just have the time in live events or in sports to be able to deal with this right now. Exactly. And I have to tell myself this on the regular is like, we're not solving some disease. It's sports people are here to have fun nine times out of ten they're not even going to notice what went wrong unless it's something large obviously but it's just about persevering and working together with the team that you have to make it special for the people that are there and I think we're all by nature perfectionists as well Mm -hmm. um and I think sports you know especially live sports games events are so public so it's hard you know when people make mistakes in more of the business sector, you know, you don't always see them. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. You know, you can fix your mistake on an Excel, an Excel spreadsheet pretty quickly. But uh, if, you know, somehow, you know, I remember being in the, the bottom of the garden one night and uh, half of the boards for an on-ice competition had sporadically just gone missing. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. people are going to notice that when half of the boards don't go out on ice. Yep. So, you know, you got to be a really quick problem solver think on your feet and just be able to react to that because it is very exposed and so you're kind of always on this you know big stage um and open to you know criticism thanks to you know the news and our friends at espn and (laughs) all those people that are always just chomping at the bit for a good funny tidbit for their day that's so funny i had the same thing happen (laughs) (laughs) i have this vision of cella just running down the hall and i just you know it's one of those things I'm never going to forget, but yep. uh, it all works out in the end, I swear. Yes. Um, all right. And so kind of wrapping us up with all these Penn Staters listening here, talk to us a little bit about how Penn State has kind of impacted your work life and, and your role in sports. Sure. So like I mentioned, just not knowing anything about this industry before I kind of came to Penn State is really just about opening my eyes to what opportunities there could be. Um, So be it by chance that I had a great counselor to help guide me into my first internship, 
but just helping me even realize my passion. Like I'm sure everybody feels the same way with, you know, Penn state football games and what it feels like on a game day. But that really struck a chord with me that helped me hone in on what I wanted to do. So I owe it all to Penn state. (laughs) I agree. I think, um, being on, being on that campus and being part of a sports culture as mm-hmm. well as a student culture and an academic culture is, is huge. And it, it affects kind of every piece of your life for the course of, I would say, at least four years. And you really kind of take that with you. Um, and there's just so many amazing opportunities in and around the campus for current students to become involved in sports, start getting some of the experience that we've kind of mentioned here. So when you get to graduation day, you're not going in blind and you could say, hey, you know, I worked all football games for the last two years I was here doing promotions or hey, I volunteered for the basketball team at the BJC or I was working volleyball or kind of just being involved in these sports in different ways, writing, you know, whether you're writing articles for um, College of Common about sports or working on a newscast or a um, radio show, there's just so many different ways on the communication side that you can kind of overlap into the field and really build up your resume as well as, you know, that passion and that, that interest that will, I think, really make you stand out as a candidate. Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. Anything else to add for our grads or our future grads coming out here? Good luck. It's a tough industry, but it's so worth it at the end. Um, I wouldn't trade where I am now for the world. And I hope that you guys get to find that for yourselves as well. And I hope we all overlap one day. So as you yeah. enter the world, keep keep an eye out for us. It is a very small industry. So, yes, it's so, big, but very small. And, and definitely be Penn State proud. It's always fun when you're out and working in sports to run into other Penn Staters. It happens to me still all the time um, and it's an awesome connection to make so definitely once you join us out here come come and say hi yes please do (laughs) awesome thanks guys all right thank you Penn State Conversations are presented by the Young Alumni Council of the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications Alumni Society Board the Alumni Society Board aims to help elevate the stature of the college through dialogue with faculty, students, the dean, and associate deans. And the Young Alumni Council aims to foster a strong connection between young alumni and the college to inspire lifelong support and involvement. For more information or to learn how you can get involved, please visit belisario.psu.edu alumni.